Startups Expertise is Overrated, the podcast that takes the time to answer the questions you didn't know you didn't want the answers to. I'm Vib. And I'm Sean, and neither of us has any clue what we're talking about. Before we get to today's episode, let's award the much-vaunted Expertise is Overrated Tinfoil Award. Um, now, obviously, this one was really easy to do. We we discussed uh, the, the history of the Warhammer world, and for some reason, we'd both obviously been eating too many mushrooms, and we came up with the idea that there might be some society of rat men kicking yeah, around, what? and I just, I just don't know. I think we have to apologise. I, I think we do. We we are very sorry for entertaining such a frankly ridiculous notion. It was, yeah. Um, I think it's only fair that we both shared a tinfoil hat for this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, rats, that's... honestly, it's just who would come up with that sort of nonsense? Yeah, I, I, there's not really much more that can be. No, I think we, we, swift, we move swiftly on, to be honest move with you. Move swiftly on and, and um, hope, that, we hope that, that, that one, we hope that we get forgiven for our lapse of judgment. In today's episode, um, we'll be, as we promised last time, ranking the Primarchs from Warhammer 40k. So without any further ado, let's get to it. Shall I go first? Yeah, go on then. Let's see, oh. let's see the wrong list first and then okay, and then so we'll starting. the right one. Are we, I don't think really I know what I've ranked them on the basis of, other than a sort of generic, maybe power, general impressiveness. Probably. I'm glad you said that because I had a similar issue. Yeah. So, so this is this is I, I wrote a list that has numbers on it, starting at the bottom. Um, my number eighteen is Alpharius, then Ferris Manus, Robut Gilman, uh, Fulgrim, then Lorgar, Korax, Mortarian Vulcan. And then at number 10, uh, Rogel Dorn. Uh, number 9 is Perturabo. Number 8, Conrad Kurz. Number 7 is the Khan. Number 6, Lionel Johnson. Number 5, Lehman Russ. Number 4, Angron. Number 3, Magnus the Red. Number 2, Sanguinius. And number 1, sitting at the top, is Horus. Honestly, I, I, as I said to some of those, I'm, I'm unconvinced. So, so let's see what... <laughs> Let's see what you've got. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really entirely sure what to say. Um, other than you're obviously very wrong. Okay, let's. I don't know. Do you want to talk about my list before we do yours? No, no. I, really I, I'll, I'll, I'll run through mine. So just so we see what what level we're at. Okay. Um, so again, yeah, from the bottom, I've got uh, number eighteen. I've got Ferris Manus. Uh, Seventeen. I've got Mortarian. At 16, I've got Gilliman. 15, Lorgar. 14 is Horus for me. 13 is Perturabo. Uh, 12 is Korax. 11 is Angron. 10 is Alpharius. 9 is Jagatai Khan. 8 is Vulcan. 7 is Rogaldorn. 6 is Fulgrim. 5 is Lehman Russ. 4 is Lionel Johnson. 3 is Magnus the Red. 2 is Conrad Kurz. And 1 can only be Sanguinius. I'm, I'm sorry. What... Did you say Horus you at be, sorry, 14? Yes. I did indeed say Horus at 14. Shall I tell you why he's at 14? Um I don't I don't I don't know what I want you to tell me first. Uh, I think that is the biggest difference that we have, right? You've put Horus at 1. Yeah, that's that's got to be the the biggest. Uh, and I and I fully understand for once, actually, your reasoning. Uh, I know why you might have put Horus at number one. He's yeah. he's pretty damn strong. I mean, there's no there's no denying that. He causes a little bit of ruckus. 
Um, he, he, there's a, like like ten thousand years named after him. Well, that's not quite right, but the, the sort of defining moment in the history of the Warhammer 40k universe. That that is just an incredibly anthropocentric view of the Warhammer 40k universe. Okay. Um, (laughs) Sure, as far as the Imperium of Man goes, yes. Yes, but these are all all subject to the Imperium of Man. It's not like Lionel Johnson is an Eldar. Right? It's, It's all in the context of their impact on the Imperium, surely. Well, I mean, this ranking is, I'm not going to lie, frankly, just sort of how I felt about all of them. Because <laughs> um, in terms of, it, yeah, if I'd ranked them on absolute power, Horus, yeah. Well, it's, it's hard to judge, isn't it, really? Because when they're all normal, quote-unquote, <laughs> yeah, pre-heresy, so shall we say, it's, it's really hard to distinguish them. Pre-Horus really. Rising, you, you'd probably say there's not a lot in it. There's not a lot in any of them. It it depends kind of on how you want to rank them. In like a one v one fight, I don't see Alfarius necessarily winning any of them. Um, <laughs> Given that he can pass for a regular space marine, I think you might well, have a quite, point. But I think I think, and this is why for me is that he's uh, quite a bit higher than for you. Is that that's the whole point of him, right? And, and he would never have to be in a one v one fight. But sure. back to Horus. He he's the first. Um, Foundling, right? The 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 emperor is the first. Uh, is, yes. He's the first one the emperor finds, and yeah. actually, it takes a very long time between that happening and the emperor finding any of the others. So Horus is in a prime position to, you know, to be pretty much the finest of all the leaders of the Imperium, and he, he even becomes the war master. Sure. And what does he do with it? Nothing. He, throw, he throws his toys at the pram. He says, oh, my dad is such a bad guy. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, chaos. Oh, you know, let's have a heresy and then fuck it up. So he's just, he's disappointing, I guess is what I'm saying. He disappointed me. The the fact that he doesn't pull off the heresy is is not great. It's not a, a tick in his, in his, uh, in his column. Really, I mean, if you're if you're gonna, so then if you're gonna take a shot at the king, you better not miss. He definitely misses, uh, and not and not only does he miss, but he does uh, die. Like, well, and this is important, you see, because I I did watch a little video on the Primarchs um, before we recorded this. Well, that's definitely uh, cheating. Yeah, but it was one about. Um, you know which which primarchs might come back into the actual tabletop game, right? Uh, which was quite interesting. And obviously, last, very last on that list was Horus, because not only does he die, like a few of these guys die. That's you know it's forty k, but he he is fully destroyed. Yeah, mind, soul, body, everything. That's there is that... no way he is ever coming back. That's yes, I I think that's true. But I also sort of, he's also the only one who goes toe to toe with the emperor, right? Now, if we, and he does also nearly win. Yeah, that's that is admittedly a bit complicated. But he goes up against <laughs> the emperor, who doesn't, for most of the fight, actually want to fight back properly. Um, yeah. the very second that the emperor does decide to fight back, he does delete Horus from, you know, everything. Sure, but in the 
I don't want to fight you section of their fight, Horus does enough lasting damage to put the Emperor in a wheelchair for 10,000 years. Oh, very true. But that's Which, just a bit of a, a Christ-Redeemer scenario, isn't as, it, really? Well, yes, but also sort of the Emperor is meant to sort of be able to control his own being, right? The Emperor appears as he wants to to the people who, who see him. So one one also sort of assumes that he'd be able to, I don't know, rewrite his own body to not be broken by that fight. So Horus obviously does some pretty serious lasting damage. I don't know. I just... I... We assume. I mean... We the, assume. The, the, what the Emperor is up to is probably an episode in and of itself. Because I... it, it, it is very hard <laughs> to understand. Please explain there. yourself. Um... You're you're at least forty thousand years old. Why you're why does it take you so long to do anything? But that's that's by the by. Um, uh, but and, and you're right. I mean, Horus does does supposedly do that to the emperor, but that's kind of it, really. <laughs> All the other Primarchs are scared of him, with the exception of like weirdly Dorn, which is quite quite funny. Dorn just got quite high on my list despite not really doing anything by con- constantly asserting that if Horus shows up on Terra, Doran is going to kick his ass. Um, <laughs> which is just excellent. But I don't know. I It confused me. It, 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 I, I guess I, I maybe didn't think it through, but I just when I was writing my list, there were like three fixed points that everyone else fit had to fit around, really. So Horus at the top, followed by Sanguinius and Alpharius at the bottom. Now I take what you're saying about Alpharius, um, in a one on one v one with any of these people ends up in four different places. But yeah, maybe Ferris because wow, <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's let's park Horus for the moment. I'm gonna. There's a chance I'm gonna come back to that one as we talk about. About others, um, you you don't have any good counter arguments, is what you're actually saying. It's it's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, I think we need to get a better sense of how each of us has ranked them. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Because I, 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 yeah, I'm. Some of it, some of it seems to be power, right? That's why someone like Magnus is so high on both of our lists. Um, but yeah, what what. What did you we you 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 mentioned impact at one point, but but Horus I think has the biggest impact. So uh, not not did I say impact? Or... You might you might have done. I might I might <laughs> be misremembering. If so, maybe uh, impact on 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 me in some ways. Um, just who I thought were, were a bit cool, you know, and had interesting stories and were interesting characters. Okay, and, and I guess Horus suffers from being. No, I uh, think I suppose um, the main. I think, yeah, if, I'm looking at my list. Looking at my list again, I, th- I think I've I've sort of focused on quite hard on the sort of martial abilities yeah, in, in a I mean, conflict, perhaps rather than a fight. But if if we look, yeah, I suppose you're, you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> but that's equally true. I mean, because we got Sanguinius very high, and like, let's face it, he's pretty damn good. And I, I will explain why I think he is number one, even if I were to rate Horus higher. Okay. Uh, I think I think Sanguinis would always be um, above Horus. 
Um, and then, yeah, I've got Magnus, Lion, Lehman, Russ. Uh, these are all guys who, who essentially just love a good scrap. Yeah, but you've got Kurz at two. Yeah, but that, he, he the, he's just an interesting character. And I, confess, I don't know that much about him, but from what I've gathered, he does essentially lead, um, is it Gilliman and Dawn, on the wildest of wild goose chases. And it's really funny. I think it's mostly two massive tacticians. Isn't it Gilliman and the Lion? Is it the Lion? It could be the Lion. I think actually. it is. I think it's in. I think it's in. Uh, even Ultramar. if it's just Gilliman, like yeah, his, his one thing is that he's a strategist and <laughs> he just can't find this guy. Like it's it's just a bit. You it's know, quite. Fu- it's quite embarrassing. Funny. He also fights like everyone. Right, he fights Gilliman. Well, yeah, because he gets chased by everyone. Right? Yeah, he fights Gilliman. He <laughs> fights. Really want him dead. He fights the lion, um, and I think technically he loses both times. He fights Sanguinius, but he doesn't die. He he comes out of them alive, and you know, not every Primarch on this list can say that. Ferris, <laughs> <laughs> he's so bad though. Ferris is. He just. What's the point? He's he's like a budget Hephaestus, isn't he? <laughs> I'm not sure he even is because I think that's Vulcan. Like, li- well, like this, yeah. As I said that, I thought, yeah, because <laughs> I mean, the whole the whole reason this all kicks off is that he he gets into a, a smithing competition with Fulgrim, right? Who can who can? I'm not sure that's the, the whole reason this kicks off. No, that no, is no, a, no. A thing in, that happens. That's in their fight. That's why their fight happens. Yeah, because they're, yeah. they're they're really close friends. Um, and, and, and in some ways you might argue I guess that yes he was the better smith because he made a weapon that, that killed him uh, ironically <laughs> yeah that's but, quite good isn't it but, but yeah Vulcan it's Vulcan, Vulcan who have make... to be up there in terms of the smithing prowess <laughs> it's, it's Vulcan who makes the things that Vulcan then requires destroyed right so one of his last acts before he gets blown up for the first of many times is to tell his uh, legion to destroy all the relics that he made because they're far too powerful, mm. right? Ferris doesn't do that. Ferris just gets his d- head chopped gets off. his head chopped off. He's just he's just not ne- he's never particularly impressive. Whenever you see him, I think. No, I I agree. He, he doesn't he doesn't do a whole lot. My my sort of abiding memory of him is he he shows up, he has a smithing thing. He seems a bit angry a lot of the time. Yeah, there's a lot of chat about his his sort of rage, right? That's one yeah. of his defining characteristics, yeah. but they're all soldiers, right? I mean, I'm sure they're they're all fairly angry. He's he's not as angry as Angron. No. He's probably not as angry as Russ. So, he's not as angry as Perturabo. So he's not even he He's doesn't not have even the best de- being angry. No, you're right. He doesn't have any defining trait. And and but... in that fight against Fulgrim's Legion, it's sort of he he doesn't appear to be winning. Then all he really does is charge into the fight, gets beheaded, and that's sort of that. Really, thanks for coming, Manus. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why for me he was he was definitely last because just. Nothing to say about him. The only the only reason I I've got him above Alpharius is my note next to Alpharius just reads what even is the point, um, which is precisely his point, of course. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I suppose 
I've got Alpharius as a, as a, as a solitary entity, but he he's not a solitary entity, is he? He's well, no, because a he's he's a he's a twin, and yeah. b he's the entire legion. <laughs> um, yes, there's, and there's no matter how strong you are as as a as a Primarch, I don't think you can take an entire legion. No, no, maybe maybe those two at least need to need to swap. Um, no, but but I, I get I in terms of a sort of impact or. But we also don't. What cool things has he done? Because you don't hear anything about him, right? That's that. That is his point. But it also means he's not that interesting because you have to kind of just imagine that he may have done things or not. <laughs> but as you say, that's that's his that's his point. The only other thing, I guess, that makes him fairly interesting when compared to the others is he the reason that he turns. Right. So lots of them they all turn for various reasons. Horus, because I don't know, he wasn't loved enough. Um, uh, Lorgar, because he's hunting for a god. Whatever it might be. But Alpharius turns out of loyalty. Do you know Do you know this story? No, go on. So, so I can't remember the, the book. The book might actually just be called Legion. It's one of the Horus Heresy novels. And Alpharius is brought before a group of uh, Psyker Xenos uh, who are working together essentially to um, guide the, the direction of the galaxy. And the future that they show Alpharius is the one in which the heresy the one in which Hor let me get this right if Alpharius joins Horus he is able to direct the heresy in such a way that Horus loses, thereby assuring the ascendancy of the Imperium. Whereas if he stays, quote, loyal to the Emperor, Horus wins? Or something? Some something something weird uh, happens. Yeah, this this sounds familiar. Right, um, so so because whenever whenever a member of the Alpha Legion is asked during the heresy, why are you you doing this? They say for the Emperor. So, so there's something weird going on there, where his reason for turning is that if he doesn't, things are worse for humanity than if he does. Which is, which I guess is really interesting, but it also implies that he needs to be on the losing side, which, which isn't really. You get Alpharius on your team and then you lose, which isn't really great for his case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a slightly less elegant version of Doctor Strange handing over the the time stone, I guess. Um, yeah, it it is, it is, it is. Um, but yeah, and that's that's what makes him interesting because I I sort of got the sense reading up on him a little bit that he he was probably more clued in about the Empress plans than possibly any of them. I don't know if that's fair to say, but he he just strikes me as the. The Secret Service branch of this whole operation. Yeah, um, yeah. For him doing that definitely makes a lot of sense. But as I said before, I I would not rate his chances. If it was genuinely him against any of these other guys. He would probably not come out. Um, and I I suspect even if it's him and Omegon, the two yeah, of them probably aren't right, doing yeah. particularly well against one, especially what someone like the Khan or or Russ or um, Angron. Uh, oh, I grow. 
you've you've got. I'm just looking. Full, at your list. is another really interesting difference we have, isn't it? Full You've got full really high. I've got him at fifteen. Because oh, Fulgrim, a one of very few to actually fully kill a another Primarch, and quite permanently. Mm. Um, so who, or maybe that's a before you dive into Fulgrim, who, which of these actually kill another Horus and Fulgrim? I can definitely say. Horus and Fulgrim. I'm gonna. I think Kurz does. I think Kurz kills Vulcan, but it doesn't always stick because Vulcan's function. Well, uh, Vul- yeah. Well, you you mentioned this before, right? The Vulcan blew up the first of many times. So, Vul- what are you suggesting here? So, so this is. <laughs> I, I I'm getting beginning to get the sense I've read more of the Horus Heresy than you. But Vulcan appears to be functional. Vul- I just Vulcan, need to gauge where you're at. He appears to be sort of functionally immortal. So, okay, so this like, and he is quite probably still out there, yeah. Probably. So each of the Primarchs has one of the Emperor's aspects, right? Horus is his generic leadership. Sanguinius is his sort of beatific aspect. Angron is his rage. Russ is his justice. The Lion is his mind, etc., etc., etc. It's more obvious with some than others. Mortarion is his gas warfare. Um. Gilman is his tactics, that sort of thing. Um, they they t- sort of took each of the aspects of the emperor and distilled them into a single individual. Fer- um, Fulgrim is his his beauty, his 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 aesthetic appeal, whatever it might be. It really becomes problematic with Dorn and um, Perturabo, though. Dorn is Dorn is his implacability, and Perturabo is his unstoppability. Fair um, enough, okay. But but yeah, you got to get quite aspect, um, quite abstract for for some of them. Ferris is his metal arms. And then Ferris is his schizophrenia. <laughs> uh, but no, so so the idea, there's, there's a big question throughout the heresy. What, what of these aspects is Vulcan, right? He doesn't really appear to embody any of these. And it's sort of people land on, oh, he's, he's, he's the, the emperor in his aspect as the creator. But really, that is actually Ferris Manus. He 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 is probably that's what who he's meant to be like his with his magic arms. Um, well, yeah, and 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 but so the theory that I have seen is that Vulcan is his immortality. He's his enduring un like nature, essentially, right? Because Vulcan dies four or five times in the same book, and he just keep keeps coming back. Like Kurz, he Kurz has him on his on his uh, ship and tortures him to death over and over and over and over and over again, and he dies and he comes back and is tortured to death, and he dies and he comes back and is tortured to death. No, I see what you're saying. I I think that 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 that's quite that's not a bad way of looking at him. Yeah, but but why? <laughs> I I forgot. Well, why why did I start here? Um. That is an excellent question. You were going to say something very profound, and then second guess yourself because that's not usually your style. No, it doesn't sound. Doesn't sound like. I mean, I've legitimately forgotten how I got here. Uh, <laughs> so have I, genuinely. Why were we, we started t- on Fulgrim? And we then were you talking said, about before Fulgrim. we get into Fulgrim. Let me tell you all about Vulcan or something. 
No. No, it's completely... Oh, no. It's, 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 who kills Primarchs? Oh, yes, who That's kills Primarchs? That's what Primarchs. we were talking yeah, okay. about. That's what we were back talking in, about. Back in, back in. Back in, <laughs> I know, back in the room. Um... Yes, so so that's why I was that's it because I was making the case that we should count Kurs, but even though it doesn't stick on Vulcan, um, but then you have others like Russ, Lehman Russ, for example, who <laughs> yes, defeats Magnus, but Magnus is also very much alive and pickable on the tabletop. So can we count? Yeah, him? and and the concept of being alive in and of itself is is again. I feel this is pretty something we discuss in every one of these. <laughs> um, it, it's it's not exactly black and white to say the least, is it? Because I think there are suggestions that Sanguinius is very much alive in some form in the warp. Obviously, not bodily, I, I imagine, but his essence. I guess, and this is why I think it's so important that Horus was killed in mm-hmm. every which way. He was just expunged like from reality. Um, whereas Sanguinius just died and so maybe if the Emperor regains some strength and, and who knows what he's doing, holding the warp at bay, holding, holding reality bay, really, together. Yeah, holding reality together. Oh, classic. He's a classic um, Dresden Files character, of course. Mm. Um... It's it's not necessarily inconceivable that in order to make money for Games Workshop, they will bring Sanguinius back in some capacity. Yeah. Yeah, because there's what? <laughs> Stepping outside the fiction for a second, they've got two traitor legions and one loyalist legion of play- pickable. I think, because you can, you can take either Magnus... You mean in terms of Primarchs that are alive? In terms of, sorry, yeah, in terms of Primarchs that, that have models. Yeah, you got Magnus, you got Gilliman, and I don't know who the third Mortarian. Is. Oh yes, Mortarian. Yeah, yeah, very true. It's such a shame. He's he's the most. He's really boring, isn't he? He's the most vanilla. He really is. He's so that's why he's seventeen for me. He's he's just boring. So on on my list, you've anyone who fell, anyone who was turned, is quite is is pulled down. So on your list, on my list, so Fulgrim is pulled down by that, except for Horus. Mortarians, except for Horus, except for Angron. Um, but, yeah, I said that. I've still got Perturabo at nine, and really, I don't know why. Perturabo for me was another one. Um, yeah, I, looking at my list now, I think it was maybe harsh to put him above Horus. I, I think I, my disappointment in Horus just cannot be expressed enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is someone speaking as someone who's who's not in fact a Chaos Marine um, Space Marine player hmm. speaking. I'm just disappointed in him. Uh, whereas Petrarabo is, is he suffers a little bit from Mortarian syndrome. And he's he's just a bit bland. Um, but at least Mortarian has has flavour, though, right? It's so obvious right from his very first mention in any of the books. You're like, oh, this guy's this guy's going to Nurgle hard. Yeah, but, <laughs> but that's the thing, right? And he needs that because he's so bland. Um, yeah. And and Nurgle is pretty sort of... You know, that'll give you flavour. It's not flavour <laughs> anyone wants, but it'll give you a lot of it. A flavour of aged meat. But we say that, we say this about Mortarian, but he is... He does give um, Jagatai pause. Right, they there's a there's a scene 
obviously everything comes back to Ulanor, uh, the triumph at Ulanor, where Horus was invested as the war master. All that, that there's all there are always flashbacks to that, um, and there's a conversation at Ulanor between, among others, Sanguinius, Mortarian, and Fulgrim, where they're talking about who would beat whom in a fight, and Fulgrim's going on and on and on about how, uh, oh, he's such a good swordsman, yada yada yada, <laughs> and and Jagged Eye's like, uh. Nah, mate, I would take you apart piece by piece. Uh, and Fulgrim is really, really offended, and everyone else is just quietly sitting there like, yeah, 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 you, yeah, pro- yeah. you probably would. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite funny. Um, but then Mortarian says, what about if we fought? And Jagatai says, I don't know. I don't know if I could beat but of you. Course, but of course he doesn't know, because he's so unbelievably bland. No one, No one knows. <laughs> Like, he could either be really, really shit or really good. You don't know until you fight him. And I don't think anyone does up until or uh, before he becomes full-on Nurgle. I think Jagged, I think, I think the, Khan, the Khan does. The Khan fights him on... Uh, fuck. Prospero. When the Khan is trying to work oh, out Prospero. what happened to Magnus. Because oh, okay. after the wolves burn Prospero, Jagatai is trying to work out because Jagatai and Magnus are close. God, it's just... It's so confusing. And I'm also almost certainly getting all of this wrong in terms of ordering and stuff. But Jagatai and 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 Mortarian do fight. And who um, ends up winning in that one? It's unclear. Jagatai comes out on top, but that's sort of I think because Mortarian bitches out and teleports away. But <laughs> the classic move. The, cl- the classic. No, see you later. Uh, but it's certainly it's written from the Khan's perspective. And there's definitely a moment where he thinks he's swinging the killing blow, or the yeah. winning, the winning blow. But, but this is kind of the problem with um, everything, isn't it? That a lot of this is written from the Primarch's view, or at least someone very close to the Primarchs. Yes, certainly human. Um, and this, this is arguably a prelude to a future episode of ours, which is you know why the numbers don't make any sense in 40k. And this is sort of tangential to that is that you know they they all think they're pretty tough stuff. Um, they do all think they're matter. hot shit. They they really do think they're hot shit. And yeah, sure on a and a one v one, yeah, they're they're pretty hot shit. Sure, but you know what? The nids can throw a thousand carnifexes at them, and it doesn't even matter to them. So yeah, great, you're hot shit. But do you re- does does anyone really care? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> frankly, I think I think the the primarchs are overrated. Pushovers, really. Um, there you go. I've said it now. Well, we, <laughs> we didn't know we were getting a hot take episode this uh, this one, but there it is. That's uh, a hot take. That's common sense. <laughs> um, but no, I think I think it is important to figure out who sort of fought each other and what. Uh... I've I've tried to do that. So, Russ and the lion fight. And depending on who, yeah, you ask, sort of, yeah. It's not, know, it's not a proper fight. They, they. It's not, yeah, it's not like I need to kill this guy now. It's more just a, <laughs> you've annoyed me. They brawl, and, and Lion famously wins easily. Russ definitely wins. Um... <laughs> I think you'll find that uh, only one of them was knocked out at the end, and I don't yes, think that's because it was the lion. But it wasn't that because the li- um, Russ pulled his blows, so as to not kill his brother. 
No, I think it was because the lion sucker punched him at the end and walked out. Oh, is that <laughs> what it was? They thought... <laughs> the the fight's sort of over and lion just punches him in the head and is like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> Fuck, that's really funny. Um, that's um, why it's, 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 it's really funny that you've got uh, Russ ahead of the lion and I've got a lion ahead of Russ. Well, um, I, have, I have that not on the basis of their fight, but on the basis of other things that Russ does. No, uh, I fully, fully agree with you, although I will deny this even though we've just said this on air. <laughs> I will deny this if I'm ever presented with this recording. I will deny that, I, that that's me saying it. Um, no, Russ definitely... I mean, yeah, he, he, come on, he goes after Magnus, who's pretty badass. Um, he is sort of the, the Emperor's executioner. Yeah, him, that's, that's exactly the thing. I think there's, there's definitely enough rumour and, and um, impl- implication that he's killed another Primarch as well. One of so, the unknowns. Yeah, because obviously there's, there's famously the two unknown Primarchs. Uh, well, both are still it, alive, so I don't see how he could have done that. Expunged from Imperial Records, and it's it's one of the Space Wolves books. Um, where someone says proud, to, I'm proud of you for skating by that. I didn't, I didn't think you could have <laughs> Just it. not engaging, just keep going. <laughs> Don't, don't have the mental faculties to deal with your uh, Now it means today. I'm going to make this an episode at some point. Uh, Alright, let me, let me finish this and then you can talk and say you're a nonsense. But um, no, someone says to, to Russ, before they go to Prospero, it's un, unheard, unthinkable that of, of Primark fighting Primark. And um, Russ says something like, it's not even, it's not unthinkable, I've had to do this before. And, and then it's just left at that. And then is, there are other implications across the the rest of the books uh that 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 is sort of he's been unleashed before yeah no of course and if you're going to rank them in terms of martial prowess there's an argument to be made for that yeah although i mean the very fact of the matter is that i'm a dark angels player they're obviously the best legion Slash chapter, and so the lion had to go ahead of Russ, and you know he he grows up on Caliban, which is that's pretty, that's pretty cool. I did actually have a quote that I found from a Major Kill video, if you know him, yeah, the author guy who makes absolutely outrageous videos. Um, but on on the line, he says, if any Primarch deserves a film about their origin story, it's this guy: techno knights fighting hell monsters led by the blackest white guy around. <laughs> Definitely deserves an origin story. So that's such a good description. Fuck, I'd watch that. <laughs> I'd watch it too, right? So Mm-mm. that for me was was just the kicker. I was like, okay, the lion, the lion gets <laughs> so just so badass. The lion. The, to be fair to, the, I was going to say the lion has a really good one-liner. Um, but they've all they've all got f- all of them. Some of them have really good one-liners. One of my favorites actually comes from uh, another Mister Bland Gilman or Gilliman uh, when. Uh, the lion comes to McCrag and he's doing but the, the 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 dark angels are like on parade and doing all sorts of like fun you know US marine drill type stuff and Gilliman just says to one of his visors uh, better go and put your fancy clothes on my big brother's come to town which is just so like sass queen from someone who does absolutely nothing for the rest of the heresy. Oh, damn, he might have to move up uh, in front of Lorgar. I know. <laughs> just, for, just for that just for strength that. of burn. Oh, but no, he's very boring. I'm yawning even talking about him. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I, I just really like the line, and I, I'm excited because I think he, 
you're talking about the tabletop again. He's very likely to be maybe the next loyalist to come back. I think I mean, it's he... always possible that they will find Russ. I think he or he's Russ are the next chose. Right, because Russ is... In... But there's just more evidence, I think, in the source material to suggest that it would be... Well, uh, Russ, Russ is adventuring right. in the warp, isn't he? Yeah, but it's sort of... I mean, because... Um, <laughs> Not always a good idea. What's his, what's his uh, name? The the master of the Space Wolves. I've forgotten now. Russ. No, the, the, the current Oh, Grimnir. Lorgar Grimnir. Yes. Uh, I think he, he's, he's obviously said in, in the ninth edition now to, to be sending out or the 8th edition, I guess. Um, sending out ships and, and making sure people are looking for him at all times. But yeah, that's sort of all they say on the topic of Russ. Whereas the lion, it's quite clear. Like, he's, you know, in the rock. His wounds have long healed, they actually say. Okay. And he's just sleeping. So, if if one of them does come back, my money would be on the lion. Where Where did he get his wounds from? <clears throat> oh, many, many, many chaos demons. Oh, okay. Oh, because it's <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's, it's, uh, it's hold, on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> My memory is being jogged here. When you many say many chaos demons, oh, you held off legions of chaos demons. Were they by any chance all inhabiting the body of an eighty-five-year-old man? Why, yes, they were. As a matter of fact, yeah. <laughs> um, That's it was a little bit embarrassing. Side, which... Which probably gave him uh, it's a little bit of <laughs> No, yes, his his just, friend Luther just who... gets brought low by a bloke. Well, Luther and well, actually, I can't talk about any of this because obviously none of this ever happened. Um, <laughs> so I will stick with the line that Lion fought many, many demons and obviously, you know, fought them off successfully, but he sustained a wound or two. I do, I do think that the Dark Angels have a really interesting origin story, right? They're the sort of first, it's almost they're loyal. Clearly, very, very loyal. No such thing as the fallen. Um, fallen. But no, but no, this this idea that they're they're a loyalist legion who are still fighting the fact that they nearly weren't. Uh, yeah, and it's 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 interesting p- putting my Dark Angels aside for a minute, because <laughs> um, I, I I don't know of any other real examples of of a legion coming quite so close. Um, although you might argue it's a, it was a complete failure of lions, right? Because it's it's essentially a rebellion of his legion. We well, just trusts the wrong him. man. He trusts the wrong man. Yes. Sure. It's it, it's it's interesting because it's the, you're right. It's the only loyalist off the top of my head. It's the only loyalist one that we know that that happened to. But, but it it's... did happen to every single traitor fa- traitor legion, right? They all had to have purges. That's that's true. Yeah, that so, is true. So is it just that the dark angels are the only one we know about? But it was yeah because it, 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 it oh no sorry it, I've just realised I've got that wrong. It happens to the white scars as well. Oh, does it? Okay. Yes, it does so, happen to the White Scars. I mean, one they're, of, they're just full on nuts. They, one great. of the yeah, one of the Khan's deputies tries to lead a um a mutiny essentially, and the Khan does not take too kindly to it. No, but I think this was Lion's problem, right? That he um he essentially punished uh, Luther and a bunch of others, and, and his punishment was to send them back to Caliban while they went off on the crusade. Bit stupid. Yeah. 
but I mean, it's sort of you know, commanding officer to a, a man you trust and respect. You think, okay, he'll get over it, right? But he's mm. still he's still loyal. Um, and then when they fly back to Caliban, they just get instantly bombarded by all the orbital defenses. Um, <laughs> so it's not great. Um, that that uh, for someone who you said is sort of is supposed to embody the emperor's mind. He doesn't think very well sometimes, or very, very <laughs> cleverly. I guess, I guess it's Luther is his his oldest friend. Yeah, exactly. Right, so he's he's blind there, um, which is understandable. But enough about what? the obvious what? most excellent last uh, there actually is. So so let's 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 give Fulgrim a little bit of a. Uh, yeah, time. let's have you, a. You've got him really low. Come on, explain away. <laughs> you've got him really high. Um, so what? What? Why is Fulgrim so high? So we see he's one of the first to fall. Right. Yep. He also falls completely independently of anyone else. Right. Horus... He falls to Slanesh, though. To be fair to him. Sure. Is but that not that's not really an answer. Uh, <laughs> oh, you only got corrupted by the guy who's known as, or girl, or whatever the Slanesh is, who's known as being a corrupter. Whoops. Um, there's also this weird thing of he might actually just be a painting. <laughs> like there's a there's a painting that's done of him during his fall, and then there's definitely an an implication that he might be. The, the the Fulgrim's soul, whatever it is, might be trapped in the painting and his body is just being inhabited by a demon, which is quite embarrassing, really. Like, he doesn't... Yeah, he Is that feels, more embarrassing than, than falling? Well, you, you fall and you don't even get to fall properly because you're in a painting. Yeah, but could that be because his soul resisted and so he was kicked out of it? I don't think so. I think you've got to have to be trapped in to have your soul trapped in a painting because you were you are that vain. You probably have to have Quite already possibly, fallen. Yeah. Um, but, but this is this is why he's, he's he's so high for me because he is. I don't really know how to put this, but he's he's more or less the Michelangelo of all the of all the Primarchs, right? He's just a bit artistic. He fan- he's he's incredibly vain. He is incredibly vain. He fancies himself, you know, the best at everything. Yeah, um, and and everybody kind of thinks, yeah, yeah, all right, mate. You know, we get it. You're you're just a bit of a, a pretentious art snob. Yeah, bit of a twat. But then he does actually kind of perform fairly well. Well, because he kills Ferris Manus. Well, he kills Ferris. He's still alive, as far as I know. Well, that's sort. Of, he's a demon. That's cheating. It is cheating, but he's the first to fall, and he's also still there. <laughs> I mean, I, I say he's the first. Okay. It's like, he's, he's fought a few fights as well. I say he's the first to fall. It's unclear to me whether he or Lorgar fall first. Um, yeah, but, but who cares about Lorgar? Yeah, it's a fair point. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I might be falling victim to the. Ah, oh, he's just a bit of a fancy boy. To have him down at fifteen on on my list, but I don't think that you can realistically put him above the Khan or above Angron. That's the one that really stands out to me. Well, Angron again. Angron's just what? a little bit too. I don't want to say boring, even though I do mean boring. <laughs> um, 
I mean, because I feel bad for the guy, right? He's got metal spikes rammed into his head, and he's in constant pain, and yeah, he's very, very angry. Side but you know, his though. name is Angron. The fact that he's angry is a bit... A bit on the nose. A bit on the nose. <laughs> and and sure, he's angry, and he does a lot of killing, and he's corn and berserk, and we love all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. But I, I... And the Khan, I guess, is... He's equally just a mad... A mad lad, right? He, he rides these horses, stroke bikes and just chops heads off. It's great. Fantastic. I t- totally love that. Sure. But where, where, I, where I think Fulgrim, for me, is just a little bit more interesting is because I just get this image of this kind of slender-looking artsy guy who is obviously, who is a genuine artist, yes. standing on a battlefield, and people are like, what, what is this guy doing here? And then casually still chopping off heads left, right, and center, including Dalvin of the Primarch. It's just that image for me that lands him the the seventh and the sixth spot. It's just it's just really interesting. It's quite it's quite a funny image. Um, I grant you, but I don't know. I, it might it might just be me. It might be my pre existing biases. But I've never found Slanesh characters particularly interesting. Like it's not an interesting story that you fell by being corrupted by the thing that is sort of <laughs> Slaneshi sins are. Like regular Judeo-Christian sins, <laughs> yeah, that's, right? Yeah, you're not wrong. It's the seven. It's the seven deadly sins, particularly lust and gluttony. But like falling to Nurgle is interesting because no, falling to Nurgle is sort of bowing to the the inherent entropy in the universe, right? Falling to to corn is recognizing that forty uh, the forty k universe is an age of war, and so you might as well embrace battle falling to zinch is just weird just weird but try, trying to control your own fate right trying to, to to become a master of of your own destiny and falling to slanesh is just uh, i broke the i did one of the seven deadly sins it's it's just not interesting to me in the same way i don't think and that might be why i've got full maybe, so low. maybe not i mean I, i've got a slightly different view of slanesh perhaps um and i, I think the way that all of this is described in in the book Fulgrim, like it, mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting watching all that happen. You know, yeah. there's the there's that artist who just starts off painting normal paintings and then slowly gets more and more utterly batshit insane. <laughs> this is the woman who paints with blood and shit. Exactly. Yes. By the end, <laughs> she's essentially just painting with dead bodies. Um, but what what I think is interesting about Slanesh is that because I think it is fair to say it's it's most often represented in a you know, this is this is the the, the sort of the chaos god of lust and hmm. horribly bastardized, sexualized things. Um, but it's it's more intricate than that because yeah, sure, there is that the whole lust aspect. But hmm. it's people who fall to Slanesh can't tell the difference between lust and pain anymore. And there, sure. it's, it's this really interesting. Well, it's sensation, right? That's that that's demonstrably terrible for them. It, the, the whole thing is, it's not. It's it's about sensation. It's not about positive or negative sensation. The only yeah, thing that matters that's, that's is the sensation, yeah, yeah. which is which is interesting, I suppose. But no, I, I could see why why you would we prefer. It's just that image mainly. That, that yeah, image yeah, is just so weird. It is. It is quite funny. I, lo- it's I just like. Just holding the, a paintbrush and still just there, like, oh yeah, screw you. <laughs> and I I like the idea that he's not just. Uh, a warrior, and that might actually be 
why we're coming back to this one that I don't understand on my own list. That might actually be why Perturabo is is high. I think he's too high. I think he needs to come down a bit. Um, but Perturabo is an architect. He's a builder. In a in a in a way different even from from Dorne, right? So Dorne builds fortresses, right? He fortifies yeah. he fortifies the Imperial Palace. He fortifies Terra, but in so doing, he ruins the beauty of the Imperial. It, it, it's it's clearly stated throughout that that what Dorne is doing is ripping down um, artwork that's thousands of years old and replacing it with bastions and sandbags and all of that. Whereas. I think there's there's meant to be a sense from Perturabo that he can build while still preserving some of that, and the idea that he's just a um a sort of a siege builder is is a massive simplification of who he is. Now, given that I've got Fulgrim at fifteen, obviously this idea of a sort of artistic warrior doesn't carry much weight with me, but that's maybe why he's there. I don't know. No, I mean, and, and you've got him and Dawn very close together. Uh, to be honest, Petrov is one of that I just didn't know very much about, so that's why for me he's 13, because it's sort of like, okay. I'll Pretty nothing, a bit, yeah. A bit like Korax, it's just sort of, yeah. Put him there, I don't really know. Um, yeah. And I've put Dawn in the top 10, because I just didn't want to piss off all the Imperial Fist fans out there. It's true, there are a lot of them, and they're quite loud about how much they like the, <laughs> like the Imperial Fist, it's true. I, you know, I think Dorn, Dorn going high, he holds off of what he does to the Imperial Palace. Holds off the Siege of Terra, or extends the Siege of Terra for as long as it does. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty impressive when you look at who he's going up against. It, it massively is, yeah, massively is. Um, although, speaking of, of fights on Terra... Explain to me why you, a Blood Angels collector, has decided that Sanguinius is less less high on the list than Horus. I, I, I didn't want to say less powerful, because I, I don't really know what we're ranking this on. But... Why he's only two. Why he's number two, yes. Well, be- because cause he's dead. And because Horus killed him. <laughs> Horus is even more dead. <laughs> yeah, but, it does, but Horus doesn't, Sanguinius doesn't kill Horus. Um, why is, he doesn't. So, so why is the angel at two rather than at one. It's because Horus at one was my fixed point, I think. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, you, you did say that, which is, I guess, I guess is fair. Idiotic, but it's, fair. It's, it's not idiotic. It's simplistic, perhaps, but not idiotic. Um, it's a bit idiotic, let's be honest. But I think that's, I think, I think that's why, I think <sighs> there's, there's not much between those two. Sanguinius does also have, like, Wings, which feels a little bit like giving him an unfair advantage, um, perhaps. Um, but he is. Also, I, I must confess that. Why is he that one say, on yours? Because well, yeah. Now that I say that he, that's idiotic that you had Horus as a focal point. For me, Sanguinius was the focal point at number one. Okay. Uh, because even Horus himself says that he thinks Sanguinius is the best of them all. He should be the war master. Yeah, I think everyone agrees that Sanguinius is. In terms of likeness, and I, I don't think that that's just in, in the sort of physical representation because he does look very much like the emperor. But just his his being, his presence is the most like he's the emperor's the soul. Emperor. If we go yeah, back to exactly. this idea that each one of them embodies an aspect, I think, I think, I think that's 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 probably what you can stick at. Yeah, stick, and you stick see those stories where you know um, other 
other people just can't be in the room without bowing their heads almost because he's just that impressive. Um, so for me, he was he was number one. And the reason I didn't think that the fact that Horus killed him was enough to bump him down. Mm. I mean, he did fight Kabanda on Terra before. He, breaks, he does. He, he breaks the Bloodthirsters back. Uh, and that's that's after obviously having been part of that siege for a long time, and then he tries to confront Horus, uh, you know, who's quite clearly very powerful at that point. Um, and even though he's he's tired, like genuinely tiredness uh, on a scale that I'm pretty sure not, none of us has ever seen, <laughs> and he thinks, well, I might as well just attack him back and see what, what happens. Yeah, and he does. He does some say the the blow that eventually the emperor exploits to kill Horus. So he, yeah, it is, isn't it? He cracks the armor. So after all that, and Horus, from what I can tell, has essentially done fuck all so far in that fight or before that fight. So he's well rested. Yeah, he's just sort of sitting and brooding, looking out of his window or something. So so, so while while again the the whole angelic thing is a bit on the nose, as you say, he's got wings and he's the one who sacrifices himself to to. Mm deal the blow that eventually gets Horus killed. But, you know, I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. No, I think... I think I think, I think think there's, there's a strong case to, to have Sanguinius at one. Sanguinius is crowned um, Emperor of... It was it Imperium Secundus that, that Gilman builds um, during the, the... when the Ultramarines are cut off. Sanguinius is the one who ends up ruling that, and Gilliman and the Lion both both say that he should rule. Um, you're right, Horus says it should have been you when when talking about the the fact that, that he's War Master. But I think there's sort of he's too obviously not human, I think. And yes, obviously they're all like twelve foot tall. Um Sanguinius, you mean? Yes. But that has to be true of the Emperor. But, but the Emperor, as I say, he can control how he appears, right? So he's less obviously not human, other than the times that he's appearing as like a glowing column of light or whatever it might be. But he does also t- appear to people just as a bloke, not not even on a sort of Astartes scale. He's just like a six foot tall chap. Um, he can like dim his own luminance or whatever it is yeah, um, yeah. in a way that Sanguinius can't. Now, obviously, the Emperor isn't human. Like that goes without saying, but the fact that it's less obvious Talk with him, I think he's he's forty thousand is not man. He's forty thousand years old. He might be. He's impressive, but he's not human. I'm just trying to. Th- I'm just looking at, at these lists, trying to work out if there's anything else that we need to to talk about. We thought we I, were gonna, I, I thought we're gonna we were gonna fight a bit more, but uh, ultimately. We've been... We we are somewhat in agreement. Uh, there's, we we both agree that Gilliman is a bit shit. Oh no yeah, we've not we've, be surprises there. We've not made fun of the only living loyalist Primarch enough. We should probably do that a bit. He is really boring. He's so boring. His biggest his best act was writing a book that when he came back from the dead, he went, "Oh, turns out I wrote the wrong book." <laughs> like, come on. And come on, Ultramar, and the best he can come up with is Ultramarines. It's just yeah, that's quite I mean, embarrassing. Come on, mate, that's quite embarrassing. And he gets killed 
well, not, well, I guess he doesn't get killed, but he gets his ass kicked way too many times. <laughs> and he gets his ass absolutely ruined by Angron. Like, it's hilarious how how badly he loses to Angron. Um, it, it gets to the point where I, I genuinely think if if there is a uh, a Primarch that Alpharius could take, it probably is Gillip. <laughs> oh, he nearly dies to six. Ah, oh, this is, yeah, he nearly dies to six uh, Alpha Legion. He dies to six Alpha Legion guys, yeah. It's it's so embarrassing for him. They like, yeah, sure, they're masters of infiltration, what have you. But it ends up there in his office, with and and he and and he works out that they're Alpha Legion, and then they nearly kill him, and you're just like, come on, yeah. But then again, um, is it Magnus who gets killed by an assassin in the end? Is that Magnus? No, no, Magnus gets killed by Russ. Who gets killed by an assassin? There's there's an, there's a um, I completely forgotten this. But there, there's a Primarch who gets killed by a. Um, um, I, forget, I also forget what they're called. Uh, hang on. M- M- oh, Kurz. Kurz, yes, that's the one. Killed by. He's killed by Mish- a assassin, yeah. Uh, although the suggestion is that Kurz kind of wanted to to die at that point, so <laughs> we'll see. Um, I've, got, I've got it here. Primarch's killed by mortals. This will be a good way to end. Um, Conrad Kurz, slain by Mshen, Kalidus Assassin, Rogel Dorn, killed by a host of traitor marines led by Abaddon. That's during the siege, isn't it? Yeah. Sanguinius, slain by Horus. Horus, evaporated by the Emperor. Evaporated. I mean, that's um, a bit unfair to say that the Emperor is immortal. <laughs> yeah, that's not. Uh, the Lion, incapacitated by a psychic attack from Luther. Gilliman, laid low by Fulgrim. Uh, hey, it's like, it sounds like I wrote this. Vulcan killed many, many times by Curse, but it didn't stick. Manus decapitated by Fulgrim. Alpharius killed by Gilman? Question mark. Um, I think he let him go, personally. And then Magnus, or at least a shard of him, brought down to 1 HP by Bjorn, Ironhelm, and Greylock, but used Run and got away safely. That's quite funny. That's quite um, well written. Um, but there you go. Fulgrim kills two. Or, well... It nearly kills two Primarchs. Laid low by Fulgrim. I thought it was an orc that did for Gilliman. I've heard quite a few different stories. Um, Maybe an orc it's so would be bad. less bad because I mean, orcs nearly, <laughs> nearly get to the Emperor, don't they? When he's he's fighting back to back with Horus. But yeah, Ful- I think I think I think Fulgrim's quite cool. I think we can objectively say that our lists objectively aren't too bad. The only demonstrably wrong thing on here is that you've got Russ and Lion the wrong way around, but I'll I'll let it <laughs> Not everyone sees the glory of the Dark Angels. My favourite thing is that we've managed to get Russ and the Lion. I've got them at five and six, and you've got them at four and five. So not only did we... Well, I, I, we were always going to have them the wrong way around, but we basically agreed on their position, which I just think is really, really oh, we, funny. We fully agree on Russ, yeah. We it's both agree that Russ is five. Um, it might be the only one that we fully agreed on. The other, so we've both fully agreed that he's five. Uh, we fully, we fully agree on Magnus as well at three. So this was, this was oh, yes. going to be my, my last thing. We fully agree that Russ is five and that Magnus is three, despite the fact that Russ beats Magnus. So there's obviously something going on in our list beyond who beats who in a who beats whom in a fight. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, Magnus is just, it's just cool, isn't he? Yeah, he's like he a super psycho. 
he is is sort of being groomed to take the emperor's place yeah. or do something. It's not quite clear what, but do something with the golden throne. What indeed? We we you know we may never find out. <laughs> what yeah? What the fuck is the point of the golden throne? Uh, uh, what the fuck is the point of anything in the fucking universe? <laughs> I, I I'm really looking forward to the episode I teased earlier about the numbers not making sense. That's going to be it's going to be a good one. It is going to be very very good. But I think unless you've got anything else, and we I, I think we could talk about this for ages. There's there's lots lots and lots that we haven't. We could indeed, and we could we could have, of course discuss the two unknown primarchs. But I think we'll save that because you're going to yell at me. I'm really going to yell at you. Why don't you tease them? Who are they? Who are the two unknown primarchs that are still alive? Well, I can I can only tell you one because okay. it's obvious. Um, and anyone disagrees with this clearly just hasn't actually read the source material. Um, it's obviously Archeon. From the fantasy... Mainly from the fantasy universe. Because as we know, they're the same universe. Um, and Archeon got stranded there and fell, clearly. It makes a lot of sense. No. And the other guy did, I think, very much die at Russ's hands. We may never know who he was. Except that we do. No, I don't know why I said tell us. I've because you so... wanted you wanted to end the episode on some absolute wisdom, a proper wisdom bombshell. Right. <laughs> You're going to come that, and hit me later, right? With with that shit ball out of the way. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Expertise is Overrated. Uh, as you've just heard. We've said some things that are either objectively wrong or downright offensive. Feel free to let us know, rate the podcast and leave us a comment, or drop us an email at expertiseisoverrated at gmail.com, or tweet us at zero expertise. In our next episode, we will land on the shores of Westeros to discuss who is the hero of George R.R.R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire. So get ready for more nonsense and a lot of Sean being wrong.